0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Ocean Lovers Podcast. Kirsty here, your host, and I have a guest today. I'm so excited. I have Madison Bashford, which I think it's so funny that that's your last name because it's so similar. Um, did you ever see my last name before I got married?
1: No, no. That's oh, maiden. my
0: my maiden name is Bashford. Oh, stop. Without the H. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I have to tell her, (laughs) but yeah. So we have a guest on today, Madison. Welcome. Super excited to have you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, we are awesome to, or we're looking to have awesome guests on the podcast. So, um, I'm really excited to have you on and we're just going to start it off with the, um, icebreaker questions I haven't done this in a long time so
1: I'm super excited to do it okay you ready yeah
0: yeah okay what is a fun fact
1: about yourself yes yeah, so I like came prepared because I've been listening <laughs> to your podcast oh I added
0: know. a question though
1: oh, oh okay I did yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah um yeah so I thought about this just like a fun fact I am a birder so it's kind of like mm. a side hobby of mine I love to bird watch I keep a bird list and so oh you know, that's so cool Do you have a camera like a specific camera for it no I don't actually like do any really photography but I like just like to go out and like experience like I can identify a bird by its sound or like you know I just really yeah I really am into birds and that started in college so I yeah oh that's interesting like any
0: bird or like more like marine birds or
1: Oh no, literally like any bird like so here I'm in Arizona right now. My yeah. favorite is like a vermilion flycatcher. They're like a tiny little red bird. Aww. Oh. I do love albatross, like obviously and like yeah. owls. I really like owls. And it changes it shifts. I like like white-tailed kites. So it's a type oh, of like hawk. That's so, so cool. Just, like, and also, I'm into reptiles, so I keep like different reptiles um I've had throughout my life. So right now currently I have a blue-tailed skink. It's oh. not a blue-tailed skink, it's a blue-tailed skink. And then I also have two poison dart frogs. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to build their, um, they're called vivariums. So it's uh-huh. like a bioactive system. So you don't really have to clean it, but it has like, um, it has like little isopods and springtails in the soil. And then there's live plants and stuff and the animals really like it. So What? Like build- Mind blown just yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah. We put in like a cleanup crew. So it's kind of like having an aquarium, but instead it's called a vivarium because it's terrestrial. And so that's kind of like some side things. I like birds, I like reptiles, besides my love for the ocean. That's obviously. so cool. More people should know about that so they don't have to clean the tanks as much. <laughs> yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really awesome. You just wow. like set it all up and then you don't have to clean it for a few years.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Did not know yeah. you could do that. All right um favorite place that you've traveled to or that you
1: want to travel to okay yeah I didn't prepare for that one like (laughs) there's so many many answers um okay favorite place I've like traveled probably I've would be like I've been to Tacoma Washington for like a conference a science conference that was cool because it seems like everyone there just like runs on coffee and beer and like I really (laughs) you know like it was like okay coffee in the morning beer at night and it was like super super nice um and there were some cool birds there I've also been to this is kind of an obscure place but I've been to San Clemente Island it's one of the channel islands okay two years two summers in a row I did like live aboard scuba trips out there and like the scuba diving there was just like incredible because it's a naval base so we didn't actually go on the island but um the the area surrounding is very like not many people go out there, so it was just like kind of untouched, pristine scuba diving oh. in So, so okay. it's not, yeah, it's not very common. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, hmm. and if I could travel anywhere, kind of like top of my list, realistically right now is like Indonesia, but like also obviously Antarctica. I want to go. To mm, yeah, Which I feel like a, a lot of people would love to go there. <laughs> yes. For the All
0: right, of course um what marine animal best describes your
1: personality and why is it oh, yes yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could be but no I have a better answer um probably a bowhead whale mm. yeah I'll tell you why. I like that one um, bowhead whales they live like up in the arctic and I just like I don't know they're so interesting to me because one they're kind of like not super social and I'm kind of introverted so like they kind of just like do their own thing and then they live up in this like really isolated mm-hmm. Arctic area. I don't know that to me that's just cool. Like I just feel like I'm kind of always been kind of isolated. Like it's hard for me. But then when they do want to connect with other people, they um, are like totally auditory. So they're just like up there like living under the sea ice, like in this like <laughs> ocean environment, and then they can like communicate with people. Yeah. Sounds. I don't know. I just like when that.
0: they choose to on their terms. <laughs> on their own terms, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome I love that okay and this one I just recently I was like I want to mix it up a little bit um so it's pretty simple question I guess what motivates
1: you to study or work in this field oh my gosh that's such a good one yeah (laughs) because I've uh so like maybe we'll get into kind of my story but like for me very recently I've made some like kind of major life changes so I've been like kind of ruminating on that question a lot recently Mm -hmm. and I think like probably what motivates the most is motivates myself is just like discovery in general like I love learning new things always learning learning things about myself and then like I I really want to be just kind of at like the cutting edge of science so like whenever I do get into a PhD program, that's what like is exciting for me is to be able to like publish a new paper, find something that's no one knew, you know, like just like doing really novel and exciting. So that really motivates. And then I guess just like too, of course, like when you go out into nature and you see an animal that is endangered or like if even if they're not endangered, I don't know, just like the idea of being out in nature is just really like revitalizes me and like makes me feel good so just like keeping the wilderness wild and then like discovery too that's a good question
0: awesome yay (laughs) well hopefully by those questions people know a little bit more about you I well I personally don't know much about you so that's why that's another reason why I'm super excited to get to know you through this episode and the birds and the reptiles (laughs) like that like I'm still thinking about that like that's still really cool how you kind of That's awesome. So we're definitely going to get into that. So start from the beginning, like what made you want to get into the field? And then, you know, you can talk about um, schools that you went to, because I know you mentioned a couple with that. I know you went to Monterey for a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So just kind of start from the beginning and we can go from there.
1: Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my name is Madison and I, yeah, I guess we'll start from the beginning. My kind of, um, I know every like real common story is like a lot of people, On your podcast i've heard like you know went to sea world which of course i went to sea (laughs) world i like saw the killer whales i always loved the polar bears um i also uh grew up and i currently live but have moved but grew up in arizona so a landlocked state you know but um what really really motivated me to study science and particularly marine science was my high school biology teacher mm. I like loved him so much and I think like one day maybe I will teach high school biology because it's just like that was such formative years for me and so inspiring so like I um yeah went to high school in Arizona but this teacher I had I ended up like being in his class three years in a row because he had like bio one two bio three four honors oh, yeah bio, and like, you could like choose to take that so oh cool <clears throat> had uh, integrated these programs which now I don't think would be possible because mm. of like liabilities but he like took us out on scuba diving trips that's where we went to San clemente in high like, school in high school yeah it was wow. so cool and I had anxiety at the time I still do but like it was a really big like like challenge for me to overcome and like see like oh I can like go on this trip that's really scary but like go get my I got my advanced certification that way and so I learned to scuba dive and then he also, liked um, another program he had integrated and created was a survival trip. So, like, this is one of my claims to fame. He, like, took a, his high school biology class out into the fucking, sorry. I, I <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so he went out into the desert and just dropped us off at, like, different locations, like, by ourselves. So, like, and you could choose what, what level to go. So I went, like, the most, like, difficult level where you could only bring um, what could, like, materials that could fit in a film canister. Oh. So I literally was like, and we did like survival training all up to this point. And then he like challenged us and like put us out in the desert for 24 hours. We had to like go through the night and it was really freaking hard. Cause I was just this like young little you software like, to sign waivers for this. Yeah. Yeah. we did. Okay. No really, <laughs> like, And it was funny too. Cause he, he like blindfolded us on the bus ride what? out there just to really like totally disorient us so we like really didn't know where we were and like come to find out you know like we were just like two hours outside of town like just oh my gosh <laughs> it really it was really really cool because I had to like totally rely we had to like there were different things you had to do you had to like build a shelter build a fire Oh my gosh honestly I think
0: I think high school should still have that
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was so cool so now I just like I feel like I could you know survive out yeah and, and then The third program that he had created that was just like probably my favorite was he called it Bear Busters. And I did this two years in a row, where he took us literally, this high school teacher, he's like in his like probably in his like 70s now, but he was, yeah, probably like 50 or 60 years old, you know, he just loved like inspiring us. So he took us on this two week long camping trip. I did two summers in a row where we went like up through like Utah, Idaho, all the way up to Montana and Wyoming. So we went to Yellowstone National Park, Glacier National Park, and through this whole trip, we would meet with biologists along the way, oh and learn about, gosh. Like, oh, the, um, what are those wolves called, they're, like, the, not gray wolf, Mex- Mexican gray wolves, they're, like, oh, okay. endangered, and so there's, like, um, some tracking, so we learned, like, how to, like, GPS track animals with collars, and we tracked bears, and we looked for, like, different, like, You know, if there was hair on a tree, then a bear had walked by, and we saw bears, and we saw wolves, and we just saw like it was just like really, really cool. That sounds
0: amazing. That was crazy.
1: Yeah, and um, what I kind of took away was he like brought us scuba diving. He showed us how to like study like field biology and bears, and so I just like just throughout all that time had developed this like passion for polar bears. I just freaking love polar bears. polar bear attached and he he like went like he did other things on the side he did there's like that maybe you've heard of the um uh it's like the aquanaut station I think it's off the coast of either Texas or Florida where there's a marine um lab that's underwater oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so he did that he was an aquanaut for like in his career and he also would go out on like nat geo research cruises to uh photograph polar bears so anyway he was just really cool and like i looked wow. up to him I, like, I still do and then i just always thought i'm like okay like what can i i love bears i love the ocean obviously and polar bears just kind of like linked those yeah. two, and they're considered marine mammals so i was like okay I'm gonna <laughs> so that was kind of like that's so cool yeah. So, yeah that was kind of the very beginning Um, From there, I went to community college in Mesa, Arizona, so did two years in community college. Um, There was, like, I took, like, a marine biology course, but not much of that goes on in Arizona, so I just really, like, focused on chemistry, life science, and um, I also did a lot of, like, really into, like, community service, so I did Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, I volunteered for three years at a boys and girls club coaching soccer to elementary school kids. I love soccer. And we did basketball, too, but, like, (laughs) soccer. some sports. And I just thought like, you know, while I'm here and I can't be studying the ocean, what can I do to help my community? So that was something I did. Cool. And then, um, yeah, I always had the goal. My family always vacationed in Monterey, California. So I always wanted to go to CSUMB Cal State at Monterey Bay. So I, uh, eventually, and you, you know, Monterey, I know you've been there. Um, Oh my God. It's just like this, like Marine science mecca. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Everything's there, like, <laughs> pretty much.
1: Just, wildlife. Yeah, it's uh, an incredible place. So I did go get my bachelor's of science from there. I spent, it took me three more years. So I, my degree, I got in five years, a uh, marine science degree in, in um, yeah, bachelor's of science in marine science. And during that time, oh my gosh, CSUMB is just like, is one of the like greatest marine science institutions, I have to say, because I was able to, Um, do independent research for the three years I was there. So I applied to different programs. I got into a summer research experience that was uh, kind of like a, it was funded by a National Science Foundation. It was for a summer where they, they chose like 13 students to go to these different institutions in the area. So you could be stationed at UCSC, Moss Landing, Elkhorn Slough, um, you could be stationed at CSUMB and the fifth one was Hopkins Marine Station which is okay. Stanford's Marine Station and um, that's where I got sent. So I, they were like, here's your mentor, here's where you're going to work. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, this sounds <laughs> awesome. And uh, the lab that I got placed in is Jeremy Goldbogan's lab and so he, what he's known for is uh, putting suction cup tags on blue whales and humpback whales. And so okay. I was like, hell yeah like I got to go do uh whale research you know no 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 yeah and so I get there on my first day and the team goes okay they walk me down to the wet lab they're like here is where you're gonna work for the summer here's what you get to study and it oh. was just like a thousand anchovies and a thousand sardines and I was just like okay so this is not what I thought it was gonna be at all yeah. but I had one of the best summers ever you know like I got to study these fish did a project studying them. And then after that summer, because I was able to, I lived in the area, so was going to CSUMB. I applied for some grants and got funding to continue my research at Hopkins Marine Station. So that was like kind of my part-time job while okay. I was still studying. And so mm-hmm. uh, I did an anchovy project independently. And I also uh, did a research project studying California market squid that was also independent. So I had some mentors, but I am um, did these projects on my own, and I actually presented the squid project at, um, what was it, Western Naturalist, Western, WSN Western something naturalist, it's a conference that goes all over the country, but it was in Tacoma when I went and presented, oh, and cool. I presented it as like my honors uh, thesis as well, so those were kind of, and if you want, we can go more into those research projects, but that was a uh, kind of, what I did as for research in my undergrad. And then after I graduated, I got a job at Adventures by the Sea, which is a mm. kayak rental company. Yeah. and is kind of like a tough time. This was kind of a turning point in my life because I had graduated. I was no longer had funding to work at Hopkins Marine Station. So I had to find a job. I wanted to stay in the area and it was really hard to kind of nail down like a science position. And I had also applied to graduate school and been told no. So I was going through kind of a tough time in my life where I was like, oh, no, like I had been doing all these really great things. I had a lot of recognition. I had a lot of kind of like status at CSUMB, which was at the time important to me. And when I left Hopkins Marine Station, I went to Adventures by the Sea. It was like no science. It was strictly just like we're going to take people on kayak tours and look at sea otters, which is awesome but like me, I was kind of more like wanting more. Yeah. This is not what I exactly want to do for my career. So anyway, I kind of, um, faced some struggles, so I'm pretty open about it now, but I, uh, struggle with addiction and, um, substance use. So these are some things that I, uh, have like led me to a rock bottom point. And Mm. in October of last year, I moved back to Arizona and I, actually went to rehab and I got sober so I have six months of sobriety today oh really congrats cool. today yeah oh uh, that's you know, awesome six weeks, but you know okay. six weeks, <laughs> so that's been like a really big accomplishment yeah of mine. And I, like just uh reassessed my motivations like we talked about earlier and uh now I'm looking to get back into the field but I'm taking it slowly and I'm working a lot on like self-love and recovery and
0: mental health and
1: stuff like that. So that's yeah. kind of my story. It's a long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's what I wanted. Um, I yeah. did have a question. So when you graduated at CSUMB, I know mm-hmm. that they have a life science degree, which is what you got right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they also have marine biology. What made you yeah. want to do life science instead of marine biology? Because that
1: was something I thought about too when I was- Yeah, not for sure. It. Yeah. My degree, so my degree is actually in marine science, but it's there, like you said, there's a difference. There's marine science mm-hmm. and marine biology. Yeah. Um, the reason I chose marine science, I, I, like the first year I was there, it was like marine biology, but then the second year I had some mentors that were kind of, t- they had told me that um, if you- go the marine science route rather than just biology, it makes you more competitive because you have a broader yeah. um, skill set. And so I actually am really into and interested in like data science and computing science. And so I took some like of oh, those cool. courses yeah. where I was learning to use R and Python and different like software programs to manipulate large data sets. Yeah. Which is something that I am like kind of interested in on the side. Including like obviously everyone loves field work and um, yeah you know like you you want to go study the charismatic exactly. megafauna. What <laughs> I'm really interested in more is like it doesn't really matter the animal to me, but I really am interested in animal behavior, energetics, okay. and physiology and things like that. And then of course like I mean, we can talk more about it, but I'm really into like animal tagging technology. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. The data that
1: comes from animal tags is just like these humongous data sets. You have to be able to manipulate it and kind of get results that way.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, that's something that I, growing up, I was like, no marine biology, right? I never knew that there was marine science. Mm -hmm. And um, after I went to CSUMB, I was like, oh, there's a difference. So it was kind of hard. I was like, well, now what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which one do choose. I go towards? But Marine, like you said, marine science, it's uh way more broad. And so totally. I feel like you can kind of because this is a very competitive field and it's really hard to get into find mm-hmm. a job a lot of it's volunteer work and things like yeah. that so i feel like going that route would be really good for people for those i get a lot of questions yeah, about like yes, oh, which yeah. direction to go so i think that's really good to kind of tell people too because yeah, exactly. um it's just it's so broad
1: yeah yeah cuz if you ju- if you just take the marine biology route it's also very like good and a lot of the classes and coursework is the same but um mm-hmm. Like a career in just marine biology would probably lead you to more of a teaching um, end goal, you know, like yeah. if you're going to be a professor or a high school teacher or even community college, which is cool. Um, but the science route kind of takes you more towards like the, the hardcore yeah. research or like, you know, um, yeah, d- different career paths, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah.
0: Cool. Um, tell us a little bit more about the tagging. I really, I think I find that yeah. so interesting, the research behind it. What have you done? Where did you do it? Uh, did you yeah. do
1: some out from Monterey? Yeah. Yeah. So all of my, um, like tagging research took place at Hopkins Marine Station. Oh, That's cool. where I was working. And so, um, kind of like the story of how I got started with that is I was working in the gold lab and they have a lot of different, I was just kind of like on my own, you know, like there my mentor had moved back to Scotland and there were a couple other people who like I could go to for help but like everyone was doing their own projects PhD students postdocs and stuff so I was kind of like hmm, like I have like funding I have time what can I get my hands on you know and that was really um really cool for me so in their lab they have different types of tags that they will attach to whales using suction cups so um these tags and they do incredible work you can like look them up it's Jeremy Goldbogan at Hopkins Marine Station but um kind of since I had um like the wet lab pretty much I could use whatever in the wet lab to my disposal I had anchovies sardines and then there was a PhD student who was studying squid at the time and I was like kind of like okay so I'm obviously not gonna go out on my own and like tag a whale (laughs) I don't know how to do that like they're doing that but there were kind of just like little, like miniature tags that I could play around with and like program oh. them. Um, they had accelerometers on them. And then a PhD student was like, hey, like, why don't you try to tag like an anchovy or a squid? And I was like, hmm, like, yeah, that's not, like no <laughs> one's doing that, you know? Like, that seems, that seems pretty novel, you know, yeah. like who, who's doing that, you know? So um, come to find out people have tagged Fish, but to put a tag on a fish, you have to surgically implant oh, okay. it because it's a vertebrate, and so you can't just like stick something onto a onto a fish. And I don't know how to do surgery, so I was like, okay, let's uh, look at the squid. Yeah, <laughs> because squid are invertebrates, the protocols with studying them are a lot lighter. Like there's oh, okay. different things you can do to manipulate them to get uh, to do experiments. And so uh, a couple other scientists I had known or like papers I were reading. We're attaching tags <clears throat> and only like one lab in Woods Hole was tagging squid and it was like a larger species, might've even been a cuttlefish. But um, then a PhD student, Diana Lee, who I was working side by side with, she did some like neuroscience studies on squid, which is way over my head, but she <laughs> attached things to the squid using cyanoacrylate cement. And that is oh, wow. a very technical term for super glue so it's literally just you know like it's not that's awesome not anything super technical so I was like okay so I have these tags with this technology that I've kind of been learning I learned how to program an Arduino feather board which is just like little probably two inch by half inch skinny little um circuit board that you can put like tools on like measurement tools on. okay I had, I had that then I had squid I was able to go out and like catch squid and you can keep them in the wet lab so that was like really fun, and um, I was like, okay, so a research project was born. And I, the more I was like digging into different publications, I was learning that not many people are studying squid, mm-hmm. not many people are tagging squid, and California market squid is like a very lucrative fishery in California, all along the West Coast in general. They're used as bait, calamari, yeah. you know. They're like, and they're they're very very abundant. So it's like, why we need to know more about this. yeah why don't so we know more? yeah so my whole project there was just to really my questions i was trying to answer were can we tag a squid like can we can we build a tag that's small enough waterproof neutrally buoyant and has all these loggers on it that can like tell us information can we build that and can we attach it to squid and get results and so that was kind of like the the basis of my project um so that took some time to like build and refine the tag um, but i did successfully build these i call them squid bits (laughs) which is like kind of a play on the word fitbit because Mm -hmm. uh, oh my gosh that's so cool yeah that was kind of my big project because the tags that i built have triaxial accelerometers on them um what that is is basically just a movement tracker that gives you the movement of whatever you put it on it spits out data in three axes like to the millisecond so it's like spitting out like tons and tons of data and they put these on the whales too but um Basically, you know, like uh, the same technology is in your iPhone or your Fitbit. So when you're walking, it like as you're moving is picking up that movement signature, and can then like tell you things about yourself. Like, so Mm. oh, I I took this many steps. What was my heart rate? What was my metabolic rate? All this yeah stuff. I was trying to apply that to squid, and um, yeah. So I I put tag, and this was all just done experimentally. I didn't um didn't actually ever tag wild squid, which would be really cool if someone would want to use my technology to tag um, wild squid, but the kind of the constraints there are that, you know, you need to get the tag back some way. Yeah. <laughs> um, whales like are easy cause they have to come to the surface, you know, to breathe, yeah. but squids, we don't know much about them at all because they, they don't have to come to the surface. They have short lifespans. They, uh, move around a lot. So it would be cool to be able to like build a release mechanism from the tag yeah. or something. There's a lot more that can be done, but that was, um, sort of the basis of my, my tagging, squid tagging projects. So it was all experimental and I built that, uh, squid bit.
0: <laughs> that tour. is so cool. So how did you go about like starting your own research? Is it just that simple to where you're like, I have this idea. Let me see what I can do
1: kind of thing. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, good question. And I would like, you know, anyone who's listening to your podcast, I would, there is kind of some advice I would give is like, you can always volunteer you can always do unpaid internships but like i have been told by many mentors like don't do anything you're not paid for and it's like you know like if you have the passion like sure like go get, get your foot in the door by like maybe yeah. doing an unpaid internship maybe volunteering at an aquarium or something but then from there you know you got to be like competitive and so like yes it was that simple but it was that simple because i had applied for uh, funding so mm-hmm. i was paid to do this and it also just worked out really well for me because I was living in Monterey and the Hopkins Marine Station is in Pacific Grove. So it was like only like a 10 minute drive from mm-hmm. campus. So because I had done the research experience for undergraduates, which was also a paid uh, research experience, I like did a summer project on anchovies. It was kind of like I just had to ask like the um, I had asked Jeremy, Dr. Goldbogen, if I could continue to use his lab space okay, um, but he didn't have to pay me so to him it didn't like it didn't you know it wasn't anything to him like yeah if if anything I bring some good science that comes out of his lab and like so it was like a win-win for everyone and yeah um, I was able to get money from CSUMB to to pay me and so then like from there when you're working in a lab like that it was kind of like I was very quiet I didn't really like bug anyone I just kind of (laughs) like learned where I could you know yeah. and It was like okay, if this person's sitting at their computer writing a bunch of computer code let me just go like hey can I watch you write your code you know or like <laughs> hey, can, you, can you share can you share some of that code with me and it um and then it works that way and people were really interested or started to take an interest in what I was doing so I got a lot of help but um I did yeah it was really just a lot of like um had to be kind of scrappy you know and just uh hey there's some technology sitting over here that hasn't been used in 10 years like why don't I you know I found the squid tags in the refrigerator like <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> they, they like weren't using them anymore they had bought them and it didn't work and the person who was going to do it like had left and so I had oh, asked I Jeremy I like, yo like do you have any like like small tags he's like check the refrigerator and I went into the lab refrigerator and they had stored a bunch of these little tags in there for like to keep the battery like good or something oh but- okay <laughs> those didn't end up working out. I ended up just ordering my own tags from Amazon for like 30 bucks, but, um, the waterproofing took, took the the hardest. You can order those off of Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. So literally, literally like, I mean, yeah. And so you don't have to be paid. Like you can, you can go do your research, but to be like accredited and to publish, I Mm -hmm. haven't published any of my findings yet, Mm -hmm. but I, I would like to. Um, but again, I'm not paid right now to do that work. So I'm kind of just sitting on a bunch of data, but Uh, Yeah, the tags that I ended up uh, developing, the base of them is a Arduino feather board and you can get that board. It's like a a logger on Amazon for like 30 bucks. And, but then from there you have to use um, Arduino software to program it. And then Mm. I would program it to like, um, this other guy, James in the lab had kind of developed the software to program a tag to like, to to a timestamp and to record it. So there's some like, um, computer tech that goes into it that you kind of had, that I had to learn. And, um, but a lot of the code is shared on GitHub now. And so like, you can like, a lot of this, you can do on your own. It just takes a lot of like being scrappy and kind of like, what, where can I learn? And, but a lot of code is open source now, which is cool. And, um, yeah. From there, I, you know, there were just like different little things I had to learn, but kind of with my drive and, and what I wanted to, to learn, I I'm so question-based and I think that's what science is about. It's like, when uh, you have a question, it's like, what can I do to answer it? You know? So yeah. I just yeah, kind of went from there and it, and it worked out.
0: That's awesome.
1: Wow. That's
0: so cool. Um, what would you say is like the first thing that pops into your head when you say like, that was my favorite Um, I wouldn't say trip Uh, maybe research project or um, maybe something that you did out in the bay that was like really interesting that's something you wouldn't forget
1: yeah like an experience that stands out yeah Yeah, um, one that comes like directly to mind is um, I got to since I was working in the lab that was tagging whales I did get to go out a couple times with them while they were like actually putting the tags on the whales so that was really really cool to see I was more of just like a a scout so like I sat with a couple other interns at the top of this man I forget the name of the boat but it was um one of Moss Landing's marine labs boats and okay. it was just a, like one of their research vessels but it uh was a smaller one and it really was like so rocky yeah. and I we just had to like sit at the top of the, of oh the thing gosh. And back and forth and it was really really foggy that day like the foghorn was going and I was just like what <laughs> did I get myself into you know yeah um, Actually, we did find some humpbacks and then they take, um, the Goldbogen Labs team would take a little Zodiac they call Cheeto because it's like this little red boat. I think it's another one of Moss Landing's boats, but, um, yeah, we went out of Moss Landing Harbor too, but they would, uh, you know, the, the captain gets the boat right up alongside the whale and they use this long pole and just like stick the suction tag on the whale. So that was really neat to, to be a part of it. You know, I didn't really like add too much, but I got to go out and experience it. Yeah
0: that's cool how long did the suction cup stay on the
1: humpbacks because i know they don't stay on for long right right yeah yeah they um were using tags they didn't have like a time delay but they didn't have like a time release mechanism so the tag would literally probably no more than 24 hours i would say i don't know exactly for sure but the tags would usually come off if the whale like breached or like mm. yeah they didn't, they didn't like stay on very long but they would they were doing a lot of cutting edge research and still are um like, I remember when I was on my way out of the lab, like, kind of the time I was leaving, and a PhD student was trying to attach the suction cup tag to the fluke of the whale to, like, get that oh. accelerometer signature of the, of the tail beat, yeah. which I don't know if he was successful yet. I haven't, like, kept up with that. But um, yeah, the, t- the tags can just give so much information. They don't stay on long, but if you put enough of them out, you can get a big enough sample size to, yeah. to really make, uh, yeah, to really learn some things
0: yeah that's really cool oh man what made you get into your hobby
1: with birds
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) that's a (laughs) question I I would love to answer that so uh I like at CSUMB there's um CSUMB was just such a great experience because all the different courses and professors were just so uh so motivated and inspiring but there was um uh, I'm not gonna Rob Burton I think was his name Professor Burton he taught a class called quantitative field methods. And literally he just like designed this class. I'm pretty sure just because he wanted to like go on trips with students. Like, yeah. He just like, it's like, yeah, we'll call it quantitative field methods. And we just like <laughs> go out into the field. So um, he really kind of got me started on this like birding hobby because every week we would go out into a different place in Monterey. Like we went to Elkhorn Slough, Mossland, you know, yeah, yeah. The Monterey area is just, like so full of different things. And um, even on campus at CSUMB, you could see red-tailed hawks flying around and like turkey vultures or like, you know, just like all different types of birds. The biodiversity was incredible. So we'd like go out into the parking lot, getting ready for the bus. And he'd have his phone like making a bird call to like attract some bird. And I was like, what? That is so cool, you know? Oh, my God. (laughs) So anyway, there's this app called Merlin. Uh, So everyone, I suggest everyone download it. It's called Merlin. And um, it's created by Cornell University because they have like the whole um, catalog of different bird calls. But okay, you can go onto this app and you can be like, okay, I saw this bird here. It was this color. It was this size. It was doing this, and it'll give you a list of like possible birds. Oh, cool! But it's like really awesome. It's kind of like one of those like you know. I think they have that for like plants now, or whatever. You can, like, take a yeah, plant.
0: I think um, the place, the Cal, oh, what is it, the Academy of Sciences in San Francisco didn't yeah, they yeah, release yeah. like some app called like nature
1: or- yeah I think and you probably know more than me but I think you're right yeah like where you can like photograph something and it tells you what it is yeah it'll give know. you
0: like options like I tried doing it for mushrooms once <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah, like, never where tried. can I find never- mushrooms
1: <laughs> yeah that's super cool yeah so yeah they have this for birds and um, man once you like get into birding it's hard to stop because it's like then now I sit in my backyard and I'm just listening to like, we have grackles here, mocking birds. And it's really? just like, oh, that bird was that bird? And it's really cool to like, listen to the birds. And also too, for me, like the um, birding was a really good kind of almost like escape. Like okay. people always ask me why I never studied birds. And it's because when you start to like study an organism, to me, it starts to lose its magic just a little bit. Yeah. Like, to me, like the anchovies and the squid became like, Mathematical equations, and I had to like figure out their their behavior on a mathematical level, and like right. quantifying all their behaviors and building these models, and it was like kind of lost the magic there for me. So birds were just kind of like this thing that they're out there, they're flying, there's so many different kinds. I just they were just they are so special yeah. to me, and it's so cool to like add a new bird to my list or see a bird I haven't seen or I'm like here one, I'm like what the fuck is that, you know. <laughs> That is so
0: awesome. How long did it take you to uh, be able to like distinguish all
1: the birds and know as much as you do now? For sure. Good question. I, okay. So I'm still an amateur. I have to say, you know, like there are people who know, like there are so many birds. <laughs> there's so many yeah. birds. I mean, I don't only have been like kind of trying to identify like North American birds, but you think oh, like, man, wow. been to, like South America, there's like a whole other you know, yeah. and birds migrate. And so yeah, but um, probably I've been like calling myself a bird or for probably the past like five years or so, but like it's really just a, the fact of like go, when I whenever I go on a hike or I'm outside and I hear a bird or see a bird, I try to identify it. And then if I can identify it, then I can add it to my list. And so if I see a bird, then I can start to listen to its calls using the app and be like, okay, this bird and I, I don't know it's just been like kind of a fun it's yeah. like a treasure hunt in a way it's like oh like and that now now then after all these years now I like can hear a bird and be like oh where where is it that's a vermilion flycatcher. you know like where where is it hiding that's so, so interesting I've never yeah, like I'm go. that, yeah that's
0: so cool that's like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> why is someone calling me oh I totally had a question I forgot <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was gonna tell you one more like um, exciting experience in my research. Oh yeah. Um, just kind of sorry I mentioned the going out on the whale tagging, but since that wasn't my project, I wasn't like as invested in it. But um mm. my with my squid project, I like to like t- share this with people. Squid are like so much more clever than people take them for. They are like like an anchovy, right? Like has like all these strict protocols with what you can do with it and all these things, and like. An anchovy is so derpy. Like they just like follow each other around in a school. Yeah. They just like swim in a circle and they just like get eaten by whales and they just, they <laughs> do it. But squid, like they have all these different behaviors where they like can flash colors. They like mate in a weird way. They feed in a weird way. They have this siphon that they use to jet propulse, which means like, that's how they move mm-hmm. around. You know, an anchovy is beating its tail, right? That's how fish yeah. moves a squid sucks in water to its whole body cavity and then jets it out through its siphon to like move. So it's like, okay. and um, that's really interesting to me. But, and that's how they can escape. They can like jet all in different, different yeah. directions. They can also aim that siphon. So like for me, the researcher, which they weren't too fond of because I was like <laughs> pulling them out of their tank to kind of, you know, glue a tag to their mantle. Like yeah. that, I'm very happy, you know. Um, <laughs> at first, they got used to it, but, <laughs> but uh, they, they can aim that siphon and they can choose to squirt either like water or ink mm-hmm. at a target. And so as I'm like picking out squid out of their tank, they were like, shoom, like yeah. shoot me right in the face, right in the face with like seawater or ink. And this happened multiple times. And oh it just, you, could, you couldn't get mad at the squid, you know, because we're yeah. like, we're, we're experimenting on them. and they uh, yeah. So I think there's um been a move to kind of increase what you can do experimentally with squid just because they are so clever, but like, because they're yeah. invertebrates, they're, um, like lower. I don't know how to describe that, but like you can glue something to it, you know, which like, like yeah. that's like Stanford's veterinary protocol, but, um, yeah, they just, you look into a squid's eye and you know, like they're plotting or like they're, <laughs> you know, like, I just, I, I really uh, enjoyed my time working with the squids. Cause they were just, man, they just kept me on my toes. Yeah.
0: That's awesome okay I remember my question so oh, what yeah. would be your favorite marine bird
1: yeah okay Ah, oh, man I feel like cliche in saying this but it's gotta be an albatross, <laughs> albatross. Like, first of all and there's a couple different species like I, I really loved your guys deep dive on the albatross too I just I'm I'm like so obsessed I'm such a fan girl <laughs> but, but, like truly truly but uh yeah like uh I know you've seen him I think you said the, the black footed up yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, because those I have seen in the wild, they are in the Monterey Bay occasionally, yeah. um, but also like at a, uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium, they have a Laysons albatross, which is, um, I think they like must breed in like Hawaii, but they name her, they named her Makana, and they like, her. and they, I just remember going as a kid to the, um, to the uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium to like, and they, uh, every day at like one o'clock, they bring her out on like the, the cart, and they do a little presentation with her, her name's Makana, Aww. and she- I remember being like little kid, like pick me, pick me. And they're like, okay, like stretch out your arms to see like who has a longer wingspan, you know? Yeah. And I'm like really tall and have really long arms. So like, I was like, oh, my arms will be longer than her wingspan, but they weren't like, albatrosses are to have like this like huge they long, do. long like, wingspan. So I don't know, they're just, and to a birder, like that's just kind of one of the, one of the birds you want to have on your list, you know, was, like, Yeah. like oh, they're yeah. just super cool. I like penguins too though.
0: They're cute. <laughs> yeah (laughs) they're goofy (laughs) how do you think they still have that albatross there because I've never heard of her before
1: yeah I'm almost positive I have not been to the aquarium since the COVID shutdown yeah um which is sad because I I had an opportunity to go but now I'm in Arizona so uh Mm. I don't know like it's probably changed but albatross lived for a long time and she was only like 20 years old you can like probably look her up on the website I know they now have May have changed, but when I was there like last year, they had um, gotten a second albatross, and um, you know, shout out to the Monterey Bay Aquarium because they have like really great um, what's the word? They like recovery programs. Oh, they, like, like
0: rehabilitation.
1: Yeah, they're not just like oh, let's go buy an albatross. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> this, this albatross had like a something wrong with its wing, and they rehabilitate rehabilitated her. Um, and then when I had left, they had like gotten like a blue-footed booby, which is like another. Aww cool bird and then yeah. um there's been, like another albatross of different species I don't remember but I just remember Makana being a kid and like going and seeing her and she has like the really dark eyes like like the football players you know they have like dark <laughs> eyes yeah she's like, like he's like oh look at that seagull I'm like that is not a seagull <laughs> that doesn't have a
0: seagull I'll have to look it up did you see yeah. that they um I really want to go back because I haven't been I to the aquarium see- in a while. But yeah. um I I don't know if they did it during COVID, but I saw that they opened a new exhibit for like a deep oh, I don't know what it's called, no, but basically it's I, where like the whale carcass and oh, they like kinda, a whale Yeah, so they I, I I'm assuming it's fake. It's probably all computerized, but I guess they have like a new exhibit to where they like show the process of all so cool. the Yeah, I saw a picture of it I've online. Yeah.
1: Like, I get like yeah their newsletter or whatever I haven't like paid much attention because I'm kind of like salty that I don't live mm. there anymore. <laughs> like oh man but um yeah I just it's it's better that I'm here with my family but uh yeah I would love to go. I know because um MBARI is the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research yes. Institute so they um they use uh ROVs which mm-hmm. are remote operated vehicles that go underwater and they're really known for their deep sea exploration. Yeah. Um, so I, I know some folks over there, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's what that exhibit probably is about is like what, what they've been finding. Yeah. Like, you know, I know you're familiar with Ambari. They just do like incredible research and they also like MBARI. are really good at kind of communicating their science. So like they, have, they like, really a-
0: are, they're really good with their social media about teaching others. Like, even if you're not really in the field, they're really good yeah. about making it interesting. Like I try to share it any chance I get. Cause I'm like, Look! yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like vampire squid or like, yes. I'm like,
0: what? that's so cool." I yeah. know. I love the the stuff they post on social media. I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. They posted something that was really interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I think I posted it a while back for the ocean lovers. It was something about um, I want to say it was the the clicks of the sperm whales.
1: It was oh, something well, about just...
0: that. I would have to go back and read it again. I, I completely forgot. But I, like, you probably know with listening to the podcast that I have, like, a weird obsession with for whales yeah, yeah, yeah. now.
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, it was, like, so, so great to me. I love that about you. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. I just love it. Ever since that uh, deep dive and we watched that documentary, I watched it, like, five times. I well, showed, I oh, my God, like, a giant's
1: Oh, I wrote it down when you guys said it on the podcast. I, it's I, like okay. a giant
0: something. And I think you yeah. might have to like look online for it or it's on like PBS or something like PBS, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the fact that like Tom Mustel, he's the one that actually shared that documentary with yeah, us. Okay, good. Oh, I,
1: I to your interview with him. It was so cool.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I think he was like our, our big like interviewee that we've had. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, after watching that sperm whale one, like I watched it probably two or three times just on my own, just cause I wanted to like be prepared, be prepared for the episode. And yeah. then I forget, I watched it with my husband, uh, fiance at the time when we watched it. And then I showed it to my in-laws and yeah. now yeah. now uh, my father-in-law will like not make jokes, but he talks yeah. about the end where, um, what's her name? Uh, Joy uh, Rodenberg, I think is.
1: Yeah, I think I you guys Joy- are. Suffering. Yeah, I don't know
0: um at the end she for those that haven't seen it at the end like right before they're about to pull the sperm whale back into the sea because you know they've cut it open did what they had to do Mm -hmm. and she was like wait 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 and it was hilarious she walks up to the whale because his (laughs) was out and so she's like picking it up and she's like talking about (laughs) it and my father-in-law was just like oh my god what is happening he's like you know what that's like, that's what science is about. Someone's excited, even when they're carrying a sperm yeah. whale penis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, to this day, it's still a joke.
1: It's still no, funny, I think, but... um, we need to start like some campaign, like get Kirsty to see a sperm whale or something. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really so so much.
0: Oh my gosh. I know every so often, um, I'm connected with some people from Monterey. So like if they're listening to Mumbari's um, live stream, what is it called? Yeah. Um, Anyway, we've talked about it on the podcast where you can go on Mabari and listen to the live um, hydrophone. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. So sometimes people will be like, oh, there's sperm whale clicks on there right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fascinating. Yeah
1: do that or like it's, stun their prey with sound
0: yes so awesome oh my gosh or that famous photo I don't know I don't remember who took it but that one where all the sperm whales are just vertical in the water
1: yeah that's what I picture when I picture a sperm whale in my head I'm like I think of that but yeah, yeah it's it like, like a, so bizarre. no who knew
0: yeah oh someday someday yeah <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to share anything else with people that are listening? Maybe some advice to someone that might be wondering, like, and I, I plan on doing a future episode of like how, um, like a very broad, somewhat detailed informational video of how people can get into the field. Cause it's, like I said, it's very broad and there's so many different schools that you can go to so many different programs and, um, there's a million different like pathways. million different ways, yeah. Volunteers and, you know, Facebook groups. So I have like this whole list that I wanna talk about, but what would you say like on the top of your head, what would you um, recommend or suggest to people that are like maybe thinking about it, maybe in high school about to graduate and are thinking about sure. it? And, yeah.
1: yeah, that's a good question. And I appreciate you asking me that. Cause um, you know, I just think it's like the community within marine science is so like small and tight knit mm-hmm. and competitive that too you know but um I think uh I think like everyone just needs to support one another you know so um any advice I can offer I hope will be helpful but yeah I would uh my biggest thing right now is well one um you know passion will take you a long way so just if you're interested in something don't let any barriers like deter you but um for me what's been really like my biggest struggle and what I'm focusing on now is just mental health and wellness and so I think um you know, mental, uh, health struggles are a real thing. Some mm-hmm. people still don't believe that like depression exists, you know? And, um, so I would say, you know, really, uh, as much as your physical health, take, uh, control of the, the health and wellness of your, your mental well being as well, because, you know, just some like little tips I like to share with people is like, you know, keeping a gratitude list or, um, guy mine right by my bed, or I also take medication for some of my, um, mental health struggles. And Mm -hmm. I see a therapist every other week. So I just think like, those are really important things that aren't talked about enough, you know, it's almost still stigmatized or taboo, but Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, like I have these struggles and problems and um, that I have had to go through. And now I've really taken responsibility of my healing. So I, you know, do a lot of things like that. Like um, I pray and I meditate every day and just Mm -hmm. like things to keep me because you have to, you have to be able to like love yourself and, and be uh, healthy to then go out and like try and help. Yes. I was just
0: going to say, I firmly believe that you have to really believe in yourself, be confident and be at a good place for yourself to be able to Mm -hmm. accomplish those things in life. So yeah, for sure. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also just wanted to like commend you or like, you know, kind of just say like how, uh, like one, I'm so grateful that you've had me on the podcast and, um, that you have created this podcast because Aww. really like, I've kind of been, I, you know, the last several months, I was in a really dark place in my life where um, I was going through these struggles with addiction and, and things. And, um, you know, Marine science has always been my passion, but I had really lost that for a minute. I struggled with burnout and things like that. So uh, yeah, I just, I'm so grateful to you and like, thank you because this podcast and, and also breaching extinction shout out, you know, that's another <laughs> podcast. But uh it's been really re-inspiring. Like I listened to you, you and Erica Worth's podcast, like all day at work. And I just, I, I, I was telling my Aww. dad, I like, dad, I think I want to like go back to graduate school or like, you know, maybe work on a whale watch. I am like getting kind of like remotivated And yeah. So I, I thank you a lot. Like I really appreciate that. Well,
0: community. thank you for yeah. saying that. That's the whole point why I started it. Why we want to start it yeah. in the first place is to yeah, yeah. get through people and connect with people and not uh, we never wanted people to think that they couldn't reach out to us, or yeah. you know, like we're just like everyone else.
1: So yeah, you got you, you and um, Erica Page. You guys are, just seem so friendly, and yeah. I was just like so excited. Like, oh my god, I get to talk to Kirsty! Oh. Like, like, this is oh. so cool. I appreciate like your kind of like your passion and your like you're just you know you, you're an ocean lover, and it's just yeah. like added to like uh, kind of like the epitome oh. of the ocean. I just think <laughs> it's so cool. So. Yeah. I appreciate
0: it. Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us and everybody about your story and, um, your journey and being vulnerable, which is amazing. Cause I, like I said, and like you said, it's really like, we do need to talk about that more mental health wise. And it's everybody, I think at least once everybody will go through it whether yeah. they think they go through it. I mean, some <laughs> yeah. people it's like, okay, they might not think about it cause it's very minimal. And yeah. I think we all kind of go through it at some point in our lives. Um, so I really thank you for sharing that. And hopefully that I would hope that would motivate a lot of people listening to this podcast. Um, sure. but yeah, thank you so much for coming
1: on. This was such a yeah, good episode. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm excited to post it, but I, yeah, I just want to say like, uh, keep, keep in touch. Cause I would hope to you yes. know, Wirth,
0: yeah. You guys should be friends. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Friend. I was going to say, definitely keep me posted on your stuff. That way you can come back yeah. and yeah. chit chat. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, and if you guys want to watch this episode, you can head over to our Patreon page. I'm going to upload this as well as video episode. Um, and you can check out all the perks and stuff on there as well. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys. All right. See you guys next okay. week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.